Welcome to Profiles in Eccentricity, a show about weirdos, with your hosts, John Fahey, Aaron Peter, and Matt Brutzon. Hello folks, welcome to Profiles in Eccentricity, it's a show about weirdos, doggone it. My name is John Boy, I'm your host, John Francis Fahey. Joining me as ever... What kind of fucking barbecue does this guy like? Mesquite. <laughs> Aaron Ugh. Joseph Pita. Mesquite. 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 I love mesquite. <laughs> I love your skeet too. Thanks, man. John John came out of the bathroom and goes, I just thought of one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was taking a nice big yeah. whiff. Yeah. <laughs> Big whiff of mosquito yeah. oh, from yeah. your bathroom. Yeah, yeah. You know, got sitting, high on my own shit. Yeah, yeah dude, you're just sitting <laughs> you there. Get, over you get the, high on your own shit, man. Hey, don't get high on your own supply. You know how that ends up. To your right, Aaron. My <laughs> left. That's Matt Brusso. Hi, handsome Matt Brusso, Frenchman, henchman, Hello. Cape God, Cape God. Hello. Mm-hmm. Hi. What's up? Hey, nothing. What's, What's up? up? What's up with you? What are you guys doing? Uh, I'll tell you what I'm doing is I'm trying to sell these profile shirts, guys. <laughs> you gotta get the shirts. Okay. Get on Etsy. Get a shirt. We're trying to build a fucking studio. Come on, man. You don't got a shirt. And the shirts you do have are stained <laughs> and they're disgusting. With mesquite. And yeah. ours are good fitting. Nice. You can stain them. Comfortable. Comfortable. Yeah. Great, great. Uh, Cruelty free. Cruelty free. As far as we know. You can come on them. Yeah. Yeah, you can come on them. Yeah, use your old shirts as a cum rag, dude. Mm-hmm. Come on. Waste not, want none. Yeah, your old want shirts. Not. Your old shirts are strictly for mesquite. Okay? <laughs> Barbecue stains now, all over them. these new shirts you wear out. You're talking about piss. You're talking about freaking at the teak. Mm-hmm. Talking about pipe hitters. Talking about hard pipe hitters union. Mm-hmm. Just get, you know, they're they're on sale. They're on sale. We're trying to build a studio. Help us out. Buy a fucking shirt, man. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. What are you doing? Come on. All right, Aaron. You're doing one today that I um have long been fascinated with. Yeah, this yeah. is a it's a it's a good one. Always always been on the list. Yeah. Right. It's taking a while, but we've, we're we getting some of the... Some of them are just so obvious sometimes that yeah. you're like... They go right up. We don't even... Oh, it's just You're like, it's just too much to do. Just yeah. That's the one I got the idea for yesterday. I was like, oh, yeah, duh, do that. Um, I'm not going to say what it is, but anyway. Yeah, we're, um, we're, we're saving some some big ones for when we've got the studio as well. The, his, this is also a guy, too, where I think, you know, I did probably like a book report like in fifth grade again. I think everybody did. Every yeah. <laughs> at least every boy. Yeah, yeah. It was, well, I was always choosing like that or like Evil Knievel or or, or other profilable people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Whatever you can get your hands on that's pretty weird for elementary school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Did you say Bruce Banner? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Famous scientist Bruce Banner. Yeah. yeah. Um, that is right. Today we are going to be starting. Uh, this is. I think this is gonna be a two parter. I'm actually positive it is. Yes. Uh, or more. <laughs> Uh, of one Harry Houdini. Oh, yes. Have you heard of him? Yeah. You heard I of believe, this guy? I believe so. Yeah. Now, I expect he was not born Harry Houdini. That's, uh, that is correct. <sighs> Whoa. Um, in, in Harry Houdini by Harry Houdini, <laughs> in the Magic <laughs> Annual of 1910, uh, he wrote that my birth occurred April 6th, 1874 in the small town of Appleton in the state of uh, Wisconsin. I've been there. The United States of America. Uh-huh. Did you see any uh, Houdini stuff? 
No, actually, I did not. Kind of its claim to fame that, and I think Willem Dafoe. No shit. Yes. Probably uh, a lot of Dafoe's. Beautiful part of the country. Yeah, God's country. Um, uh, Cheese curds. Mm-hmm. Alcoholics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, a lot of alcoholics. Uh, so, uh, lot. Th- that statement is a total lie. No. Uh, <laughs> he was born uh, March 24th in Budapest of what was then, I believe, the Austro-Hungarian Empire. Oh, Jesus okay. Christ. Um, he was born to the Reverend Dr. Mayor Samuel Weiss and Cecilia. This is Houdini. You can't trust him. No, you cannot trust this guy. This guy is a bullshit artist, no. among many things. Uh, he would be one of seven children. Nice. Uh, seven sons. Mayor Samuel Weiss uh, was um, uh, a... He studied, to, studied law over there in Budapest. Uh, and he uh, also studied. Uh, You're saying this is Harry? No, no, no. Mayor Samuel, his father. Yes, got it. Okay, okay. Uh, um, studied to be a rabbi. Mm. Uh, and Cecilia would shit out seven kids. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, <laughs> so they they were experiencing some, you know, the rumblings of anti-Semitism over there in Europe. It starts. It starts with a little. Yeah, it starts with a a whisper, but it goes back. A long time. Mm-hmm. There's a rich history of anti-Semitism mm-hmm. in the West. Yeah, it's like a season over yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, kind of reading the writing on the wall, uh, there are there are other explanations for why his father left. He lost his key to the house. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> if, o- if only he had a, yeah. somebody new locks. Oh, yeah. Um, it, it's it's probably because there <laughs> were there was less anti-Semitism in the states. Shocking. Um, and more yeah, job, no. more job opportunity, right. and um, they didn't know what Jewish people were. <laughs> so his <laughs> Once father they found went, out; they yeah. were not thrilled. Oh, boy. His father went first, and actually, like the he, Appleton was, there, there were like Catholics and Protestants, and like you know all sorts of different Christian denominations. They all like pitched together and raised money to build a temple for the Jews in Appleton. Wow, oh my God! Um, and he was the rabbi there, and so a few years later. Um, sent for the litter. Yeah, sent for the litter. And they all came over via steamship. Nice. Um, the rest uh, of his origin myth is up for debate, but I'll I'll read it anyway. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. So, you know, he uh, it start, his, his precociousness and um, uh, restlessness starts, uh, as the story goes, with his mother's Apfelkuchen, oh. little apple cakes. Mm. Oh. And he loved them. Uh, they sound good. They yeah. sound I mean, great, yeah. right? Yes. Probably, probably cool. Keep, keeps them on the windowsill. Well, she would. She would. He would always go get them. Yeah, he'd climb up and get them, and That's then she had to start. Stuff. She had to start putting them in a box. Ugh. And then guess what he did? He go get in the box. Yeah, and he get the awful cooking. Oh, he started fucking picking the locks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then she started Pay locking the them. Yeah. She started locking up the goddamn awful cooking. Uh huh. And then he started figuring out ways to get in there. I don't know how true that is, but it's a story that he told. Should have put it in the probably doing all that like nitrogen stuff where you blow it up and all that. Mm -hmm. He's doing all that shit. Yeah, really gastronomical stuff. Yeah. If you only put it in a mask. It's a deconstructed awful cooking. Um he uh he would as as a youngster, you know, he'd go to there'd be like the little, you know, penny circuses Mm -hmm. and stuff and the carnival. And so he he was fascinated by the uh, the acrobats and whatnot. So as a kid, he started like he would run home, get some rope, tie it between the trees, and try and tightrope walk, fall, and fucking hurt himself. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, he saw one of the one of the guys uh, suspend himself by his teeth from oh, a, from a from that's a rope. Good. good God! But you know the trick is the guy's got like a mouthpiece to to do it. Yeah, yeah. right. Little Harry, little uh, little Eric Weiss. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if I, I don't know if I mentioned his name. No. He was born Eric Weiss. Okay. Right. Not Harry Houdini, yes. right. son of Meyer Samuel Weiss and Cecilia. Um, 
which ripped, means, ripped means, a couple means white, I believe. I think yeah, I do think uh, Weiss means white. in German. Yes, yeah. W E I S S. That's correct. Mm. Um, so yeah, he'd hang from tree branches and and practice tumbling and stretching. He just he thought it was the bee's knees. Yeah. There's not a lot going on back then. No, it was the bee's knees back then. Um, by the age of nine, uh, him and his friend Jack Hoffler, um, they uh, they joined a little five cent circus around town and started performing, uh, you know, little fucking tumbles and jumbles and bullshit magic tricks. Yeah, fucking nonsense. Yeah, his mom makes some some tights for him so he looks like the guys that he sees over there in the circus. Yeah, um, you know, he would say that he was a, a real contortionist by that age that he could um, dangle upside down and pick pins off the ground with his eyelids. Uh, uh, but more likely his teeth. Yeah. Um, still pretty good. It's pr- it's pretty fucking good. It, it, it's during this age that he started learning that, like that he could dislocate joints. Um, and he was just, he was a very athletic little wiry kid. Wasn't like a big athlete, but he right. was just like, mm. he was just real strong, you know, um, well built nimble, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, he said he was fascinated by locks, probably because of the op for cooking. Mm-hmm. He said he'd wander junkyards and whatnot. But what we do know is that when, by the time he was 11, um, he got an apprenticeship at a locksmith in Milwaukee. Mm. That's good. And uh, the story goes that one day, um, the, lo- the local sheriff walks in with a perp who's locked up in cuffs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the guy says, like, listen, man, this, I don't know why, but this the case, the, the judge threw out the guy's case. I lost the key. Locksmith, can you get the guy out? And I think they 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 busted a couple of saws trying to get him out. Wow! And uh, then they're like, you know what? Let the kid do it. Let's you and me go get some beers. <laughs> so they leave the perp with young, like eleven year old Harry Eric, Dean. Yeah, yeah, Eric Vice. Eric Vice. Uh, to uh, to work on. They left the child alone with a criminal. That's right. Smart. I mean, he was cuffed. Yeah, but not for long. Nope. Mm-hmm. Uh. So, <laughs> I like boys. He had, he had, what were you um, arrested for? He had a button hook <laughs> and he fucked with some piano wire. And and by the time the sheriff came back, the guy, uh, the he guy was, was sprung. Free. The guy was sprung from the locks. Mm-hmm. And he said that that's you know that's like one of the only guys in the world that knew his secret, um, which is basically picking locks. Yeah, but, there's nothing magic, you know. Right. He just. He had an act for not. Well, he might, he might have said abracadabra. He, it, or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Abra. Um, <laughs> you know, he and his future wife, Bess, would recount this story so much to so many newspapers and magazines yeah. and all that stuff that it, it it's basically the truth. Yeah, right. Um, in the book, Houdini! Three exclamation parts. <laughs> <laughs> three exclamation parts. That, right. <laughs> that, uh, that was when he was fucking in front of a train. Yeah. Like, Houdini! <laughs> this, this, in, in the book, Houdini! The career of Eric Weiss, American self-liberator, Europe's eclipsing sensation, world handcuff king, and prison breaker, nothing on earth can hold Houdini a prisoner. That's the title. World self liberator. Oh That's a great phrase. They just start. They just start writing the book on the <laughs> yeah, cover. Yeah. Only five pages are dedicated <laughs> to his childhood. Yeah, it sounds. So right. it's it's very like it's just kind of mysterious. You know, yeah. fucking New Testament. How many pages are dedicated to little baby well, Jesus? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Page and a half. Yeah. The story begins. Skip to thirty three. Yeah. yeah, the story begins. You know, right. two weeks later. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um. So as he as he as he got older into his teens. Um, there were conflicting accounts about what his, his height would be, but he was about five, six, yeah. uh, uh, slight, but wiry yeah, and a really, like a really good athlete. He boxed, um, and he was a runner. He would at, um, he boxed at the AAU, 
um, uh, organization, and he would beat the future champ in the 115-pound division. Mm-hmm. Um, he had the record for running around Central Park. He and he beat uh, uh, who and he defeated an Englishman who would go on to be like a world record holder really? as a long distance runner. Um, he was a great swimmer um, and, and kind of like um, a. Um, Wait, is this all in Wisconsin though? You said Central Park. Well, he he would go to Central Park. Okay, got it. Got they, it. They'd move to New York later, but um, there's a picture of him like with all these medals in his swimsuit. You know, in those old timey swimsuits. Yeah, and he's like looking all the time with it. I've seen that before. Four of those are real. Yeah, the God. rest he just made. Yeah, that nice. Makes that makes sense. Smart. The, like from the beginning, this dude is crafting the legend. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so his father's having a hard time with uh, employment. He's an older gentleman as well. He's got seven kids, mm-hmm. uh, and so I, the the story is that the local uh, the the jewelry of Appleton thought that he was at, he was, wasn't with the times. He was just old fashioned. He barely spoke English. Mm. He was still doing you know uh, service in German, mm. and so they kind of like said like Nah, we'll find some nice young eh. Jewish boy. Eh. We need something hip. Eh. We need a hip synagogue. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> Rabbi Weiss. <laughs> We're over it. <laughs> so he, he, the family runs on some tough times as far as uh, money. You know, the seven little mouths to feed and a couple of uh, adult mouths to feed. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, they put the foreskins back on. They had to eat them. <laughs> they saved them for a rainy day. <laughs> 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 you want to see me stuck? You'll, never, you'll never starve, man. Yeah. So when when <laughs> Eric, Everest, when Eric uh, and when Eric turned twelve, uh, his father um, called him into a room and said, "My boy, I am poor in this world's goods, but rich in the wonderful woman God gave as my wife and your mother." I'm sorry, I abhor. I am, I am poor. poor. I am poor. I am poor in this world's goods, but rich in the wonderful woman God gave as my wife and your mother. Rich also in the children we have brought into the world and raised to sturdy manhood. Promise me, my boy, that after I am gone, your dear mother will never want for anything. Promise that you will make her declining days as carefree and comfortable as I have tried to make them. And um, uh, Houdini said that, you know, with all my heart, I gave him, gave him that promise. Um he would be a, a mama's boy for his entire entire life. But, Jewish uh, kid? No way. <laughs> I know, it's crazy. <laughs> um, but uh, the next morning... Hello, uh, mother. <laughs> dear, the next morning, um, he runs away from home. The next morning after that discussion? Yeah. Because he... he wants, I gotta go make my money. I yeah, gotta go yeah. make some money. That's interesting. Not here. Man, that's heavy. Yeah. No, I mean... It, it, were These you, are tough times, man. These are tough I mean, times. I Appleton then. Um... <laughs> So there is a. Um, <laughs> they didn't even have Apple. No. It, it, he would send his mother a postcard while on, after he ran away. Mm-hmm. And it would show up later in Houdini's own like scrapbooks of his ephemera and personal effects. And um, the, the postcard says Dear Ma, uh, I'm going to Galveston, Texas, and I will be home in about a year. My best regard to all. Did you get my picture? If you didn't, write to Mead Bros. Woodstock, Illinois, your truant son, Eric Weiss. <laughs> um, he didn't go to Texas. <laughs> In his own scrapbook, underneath the picture, he goes, I was on my way to Texas? <laughs> Still just made it up. Or maybe he, he thought w- he was. He, he went to Kansas know. City. Mm. You know, it's south. Um, yeah, close enough. He yeah. went to Kansas City, and he, and he bounced around a few other places, probably trying to join P.T. Barnum's mm. uh, outfit. 
Makes sense. Um, he shined shoes and found uh, odd jobs uh, trying to send money back to support the family. But in general, the runaway was a failure. Um, he, he goes back home um, basically just in time for his dad to like take him. They moved to New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, they live in a boarding house on East 79th Street. This is around 1888. And so his dad figured that, like, yo, there's a lot of Jews in New York. Mm-hmm. Like, the population went from, like, 80,000 Jews in New York to, like, a million. Mm-hmm. Like, real quick. Yeah. I may be fudging the numbers a little bit, but over that, in that, in that late 1800s, 1880s. You don't want to be weird with counting Jews. No. <laughs> That's why I'm giving oh, it up. Yeah. Ish. Yeah. <laughs> but the population, like, exploded with Jews in New York. Uh, a lot of, I mean, all, you know, it's not like they have not rabbits. They're all coming from Europe. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, the thing is, is like a real quick sidebar, but like there's the thing of uh, with the 23 and me and stuff. Yeah. People are finding out they're more Jewish, but like they had to hide it. Yeah. You'd be killed. Yeah, yeah exactly. So like the Jewish diaspora is far, far bigger than what, what is known. Yeah. And it was, it was funny because we had our, our, our roommate back when she did it, uh, Tara, and she was going... Yeah, there was way more Jewish in, in me than I knew. She goes, I mean, I knew I was Jewish. <laughs> I was yeah. like, Tara, that's very good. That's very good. I knew I was Jewish. That's what, I think George Santos used that same line. Really? Yeah. yeah. When I got mine back and it had 0.01 South Saharan African, I was throwing up the Wakanda forever. Oh, for yeah. A week. Yeah. And dude. then they adjusted it and it went away. Oh. They probably oh, heard it. They're like, no. Nah, <laughs> you can't handle somebody it. Somebody sweated in the vial. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was probably your COVID vaccine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I took it out. Yeah. This is white people shit. <laughs> um, and so. You know, he works a variety of jobs to help support the family. He works at uh, Richter's son's neckwear factory. Maybe he learns to tie some knots. Yeah, I yeah, can imagine. Um, he worked there for a couple of years from 1889 to ni- 1891. Um, and now it's the site of Bloomingdale, Soho. Hmm. Fun fact. Okay. Uh, he met a guy named Jacob Hyman there. Jewish fellow. Hmm. Um, <laughs> and they two, they would start... Um, appearing together in local circuses and sideshows as the brothers Houdini. Oh. The name Houdini Thank you. Yes. comes from, uh, it was it was very likely that it was Jacob who came up with the name, um, but it, it was it's after this um, French magician named Robert Houdin. Uh, H-O-U-D-I-N Yeah. Uh, okay um, And he has his own story that he made up about his origin That's yes, half so bullshit heard, uh, Yeah, I've heard of him too Probably probably the same, yeah um, Yeah, he said he had some food poisoning on a train Fell off, was rescued by a conjurer named Torini mm. Who had this whole elaborate backstory It's just, these guys are bullshit artists that build their own mythology Yeah, yeah. Uh, So the popular explanation for Houdini is that they were both fans of Houdin and that they mistakenly thought that if you add an I to the end of something in French, it meant like or little. So like, like Houdin or mm-hmm. little Houdin, mm-hmm. but it reads teeny Houdini. Houdini. Yeah. Um, and so his, his name goes, uh, from Eric, which is colloquial Harry to Harry. Yes. So he becomes Harry Houdini. Yeti. That name, Houdini, is so perfect. It's 
Madonna, Houdini, Beyonce. This three-syllable, easy to remember, ends on a vowel. Yeah, there's something marquee about it. It's fucking perfect. John Wilkes Booth, yeah. Yep, it's like seven (laughs) syllables, but... There was there, three oh, syllables. What are you talking about? John Wilkes. <laughs> I don't know. That would still be five. But okay, so <laughs> nice. that name would be like imitated for 150 years, right? Yeah. There was Cardini, Slidini, Haydini, Tomsoni. Uh, uh, stop, stop, stop. In 1937, uh, in Nebraska, a young Johnny Carson would read a magic catalog and would dedicate his life to magic, and uh-huh. he called himself the Great Carsoni. Yes. Wow. Yes. There was Smoothini, the Ghetto Houdini. <laughs> Did they have uh, like that? The Smoothini. The Smoothini. Smoothini, the Ghetto Houdini. Smoothini. Right. That's that's, that's really good. When he went on America's Got Talent, he changed it to Smoothini, the Hip Hop. Now, was there ever oh. a, a Nudini? Oh, like this ain't your grandpa's Houdini? No, no, no. Like I'm nude and I'm doing fucking magic. Uh, well, Houdini would later go on to do nudes, to do stuff. Nudinis. Yeah. Um. So after a little while with Jacob, he actually he partners with his brother uh, Theo, whose nickname was Dash, and they real brother, real brother, one of his five. Yeah, he was a vice, vice bro, and they would. They then performed as the Houdini brothers, or the brothers Houdini. Got rid of Jacob Hyman. Yeah. Um, and they would perform at Penny Circuses and at Coney Island. They, they were at Coney Island a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually they uh, they would be performing like 20 shows a day. Ooh, Again, this is like on wow. the boardwalk. It's not like in a theater. Of no, like course, yeah, 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 They're yeah, doing yeah, 20 yeah, yeah. shows a day of bullshit. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it was like it was like birthday party. Temperature, right? Mm-hmm. Until they got their hands on something called the metamorphosis. So the metamorphosis was a trunk escape, and they weren't anything like real new, but they go they go back to before the Civil War and to the beginning of the spiritualism movement. Oh, okay. And we talked about it on the show, the spiritualism movement, quite a bit. Uh, it had a real big foothold in, especially America. The, mm-hmm. the Europeans did not buy spiritualism. Um, and it would it would pop up. It would like peak after wars mm-hmm. for obvious reasons. People want to talk to their fucking you know, yeah, dead yeah. brother and shit. Yeah. Um, you know, there were the Fox sisters. Mm-hmm. They, you did a, a great profile on Matt. And then there were then their knockoffs were the Davenport brothers of Buffalo. And they were the guys who did uh, something called the spirit box. And the spirit box. um would be where like the boys would uh, tie themselves up. They get they get tied up, bound by their ankles and hands, and get put into a box. And then people would ask spiritualists, you know, well, how's my mom doing? She's dead. And like they like they'd be in the box with instruments, and the instruments would play despite their hands being tied behind the box. Mm-hmm. Okay, real hokey shit. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, your mom's putting out. <laughs> She's real whore. Your mom is real. Your mom horny. She's <laughs> horny. I'm playing the whore. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and so it, the trick is, you know, person inside the box bound, and well, at least the metamorphosis is somebody is tied, bound in the box, sometimes, or, or at least bound in a uh, like a burlap sack. Mm. They get in the box. 
and then in very short order, the person switches places with mm. the person outside of the box behind a curtain. Gotcha. It's a trick. Got it. But nobody else was really doing it. And like you could be doing it back in this day, like news travels slow. So you could oh, be yeah. bouncing around the Midwest. Or yeah. see, we're doing the fucking metamorphosis and yeah. blowing people's minds. Um, so people really didn't know how these young guys got this trick. Yeah. They kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, but apparently there was this guy named Joe Godfrey. And he was like Houdini before Houdini, apparently. They called him the the man of mystery. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, uh, the you know, newspapers would say things like, Godfrey, the man of mystery, laughs at prison irons and shackles and ropes cannot hold him. Things that would, you know, go on to be said. Just laughing at inanimate objects. Just. <laughs> yeah. Balls and chains. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> so... <laughs> Apparently, this guy just like petered out, and exactly when he disappeared is when the brother Sudini appeared with the metamorphosis. So it's very likely he was down on his luck and sold the trick mm. to the brother Sudini, and that like kind of put them on what you would call a map. Yeah, what you and, would the, and then the metamorphosis was <sighs> the switching. Yeah, so um, they yeah. would tie up Harry mm-hmm. or. Uh, his brother, mm-hmm. Theo, um, baby Theo, Dash. Uh, into either either they'd bound him like you'd see with ropes around their hands and ankles, yeah. or in a bag, <laughs> uh, and they lock them in the trunk, and then they'd hold up what they called the cabinet, which was really just like a hula hoop with a curtain. Yeah. Yes. yes. And they would switch places in like you know ten seconds or whatever like that. The trick is explained. Online in a million places, it's really stupid and simple. Sometimes the bag has a zipper at the bottom. Mm-hmm. There's a trick panel in the back of the box, mm-hmm. and you can make a switch very quickly mm-hmm. with practice. Yeah, but yeah, it was yeah. cool. Practice. Sure, yeah. And they and they they didn't call it a trunk escape. They had they called it the metamorphosis. Right. It's a buzzword. Way better name. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. I mean, it's it's it sounds crazy, mm-hmm. and then yeah. it also adds a lot of weight to. Whoever hears about it through yeah. word of mouth. Yeah. And if you read Kafka, you're like, oh, this guy's going to turn into huh. a fucking bug. Nice. Yeah, nice. yeah maybe nice. trunk escape means you escape from a trunk. Metaphor- metamorphosis means I'm different. Yeah. I changed. Yeah. And I go through stuff now. <laughs> yeah. I've, been go- I've been going through a lot of stuff. A fucking butterfly, dude. Yeah. yeah, he'd have volunteers come up to time securely using rope and later handcuffs and chains. Kinky. Um, <laughs> sometime he would, sometimes he would put on a dinner jacket from a volunteer in the crowd and even like... They that would switch too, like they just got. He was really good at shit. Showmanship, yeah. yeah his yeah. showmanship, knowing what would really get people going. That's so fucking smart. Those little touches, really, yeah. just yeah. such a. He was. Uh, um, but how? Like while they're switching, how do you not see them? Somebody's got to be out front while the trick's going on. The, like they they hold up the cabinet, or yeah. it gets held up, and then it gets dropped. Yeah. Got Sometimes they'd have an assistant, but it's usually just. Got it. Um. Few years later, uh, uh, Papa Vice gets uh, cancer of the tongue. Not unlike the father of um, our good friend Aleister Crowley. Wow, cancer of the tongue. Another religious man getting cancer of the tongue. Speak the word of God, man. You would. Oh yeah, yeah, do it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So he dies in 1892. Harry was 18. 
Damn. Um, in 1893, the Brothers Udini perform on the Midway at the World's Columbian Exposition in Chicago. Um, they were probably doing gross tobacco stuff, right? Or smoking cigars. Yeah, or yeah, just all yeah. like, man, I don't know. Life's hard. Yeah. Like yeah. licking doorknobs or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he's um, he's performing with his brother after ditch, ditching uh, Jacob Hyman. Um, and then they meet uh, another performer named Wilhelmina Beatrice Rahner. And uh, she... Uh, was a nice young Catholic girl. Oh, uh, it's very no, likely no, it that um, she dated Dash first, and maybe a couple other Harry's friends. <laughs> but eventually, uh, after a three-week courtship, Harry and eighteen-year-old uh, Bess, as she went by, they're married. Uh, they, uh, I think, they um, decide to get married on Coney Island. Mm-hmm. She pays for the ring because he's broke. <laughs> Oh, he's, every time he reaches in, his pockets are empty. Yeah, she would joke that she sold her virginity to Harry for an orange. <laughs> uh, but they were, like, really in love. They were in love. That's good. Uh, and Harry would say, this is the one shackle I don't want to escape from. Oh, that's nice. Um, and she would replace Dash in the, in the act. Having a nice, pretty young girl around. That's, yeah. It'll do. Yeah. That'll do, pig. Nice. Yeah, especially yeah. when she's got all these oranges. I mean, oh. Jesus Christ. Man. And people at scurvy back Yeah. Then. Oh, yeah. So then they go on the road with um, the metamorphosis. And they're doing okay. It's nice. They had a couple of good weeks. And, like, they got to spend a night, like, a week in a hotel. And, like, we, right, that yeah. week we live. Seeing the world. Like, royalty. Um, but eventually... Audiences kind of lose interest. It's like, oh, he's in a box, and then she's in a box. Well, let me get the show. Come on, yeah. When am I gonna get in the box? Yeah, I, yeah. I'm the box guy. You got food in the box? <laughs> now is that a penalty box? <laughs> Give me some of them oranges, man. <laughs> we have a box factory here in town. Um, and so then they just sort of like throwing shit at the wall to see if it would stick. Mm. Um, there was really like no job in show business that was beneath Houdini. He was fucking driven. Yeah, this guy was. Consummate. Like, yeah, the cons like a maniac. Yeah. Um they would appear as the Ronners, America's greatest comedy act. Uh then he would appear as a <laughs> slide sort of, of vaudeville, you know. Slide of hand magician, uh Harry Raynor. Or how about a hypnotist called Professor Murat? Ah. Um for a few days here he appeared as Prohia, the wild man of Mexico. Oh, that's good. Where he would growl while trainers threw raw slabs of meat. <laughs> <laughs> as far as, I think the only thing he didn't do was being a geek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He didn't eat that meat. Um the stint as Prohia, the wild man of Mexico, mm-hmm. ended when he was hit in the eye with a piece of raw meat. Oh, that's was just too much. That'll do it. I mean, that'll stop any career. It doesn't uh, matter what it is. There was a um a very famous movie made about Houdini with Tony Curtis and Janet Lee. I was oh. thinking, I was thinking the other day. I was like, is there is there a big movie? The yeah. Magic Man. That was they were thinking it was called uh, Houdini. Oh, um, oh. and I don't know the magic they is. were real life husband and wife, and they played the husband. And yeah, wife. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Method act. So much bullshit in there in that movie, but they did they did pay uh, they did show him as a wild man. Great. They changed the name, but they did show him That's, in, yeah. these, in these low points. And the whole time the guy on stage is going, why couldn't I get the regular man? That's just, just theater acting. <laughs> so, <laughs> for a while, in 1897, he and Bess, uh, they dabbled uh, as spiritualists. 
Oh, they were contacting the dead? For a traveling medicine show. Uh-huh. Yes, yes. I mean, the Victoria Woodhull. Uh, exactly. Yeah, her, her father did the same thing. Um, so they were part of the California Concert Company. Um, the company would put on shows to sell medicine that was a, quote, cure-all for all mortal ills. I feel like every family band has done the same thing. Are we around, like, 1894 here? 1897. 97, got it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you would read... <laughs> the Kansas Garnet Journal would write about the show, The week's engagement was pretty successful financially. And we have not yet heard of any deaths resulting from taking their medicines. Oh, okay. Jesus. We have not yet. Jesus. That did happen a lot. That was a big issue with the medicine. So, there were merbs. There's a big issue with the water, yeah, too. Yeah, as well, you know, everything. yeah everything would do yeah. back then. Yeah. Your own tongue would turn yeah. off. Yeah, I mean, Jesus A couple of things. <laughs> I've known it my whole life. Your whole own religion? <laughs> I died of Judaism. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's toyminal. <laughs> <laughs> so, excuse me. A couple of things would happen from this spiritualism stuff. Uh, Houdini would become friends with one Joe Keaton, who was the father figure of a vaudeville act that mostly involved Joe and his wife Myra falling down and smashing into walls. And doing stupid shit like slapping. Is this a Buster Com- Keaton comedy? Wait, had, wait, wait! It was the, the the what were their names again? Joe Keaton. Oh, okay, yeah. So that's kind and of- Myra Keaton. Yeah. And they had this you know vaudeville slapstick comedy yeah. stuff. And then also uh, they also had an eighteen month old son that, named yes. Joseph. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Who would wa- uh, Houdini would watch in awe as young Joseph would fall down flights of stairs and then just bounce back if nothing happened. Oh my yeah. god! And Houdini would say that was a real Buster. Oh, that's amazing! And the boy would go on to that's be Buster. Incredible! I, I think I think the story is that, that like one day he like accidentally walked on stage in the middle of performance, and they started tossing around, and he loved it. Hey, who do you think you are, Houdini? <laughs> Get out of here, Buster! Yeah, yeah. But that's how he's. Yeah, that's yeah, good. The, yeah, the Marx Brothers saw that it's the same act too. Yeah, that's incredible, man. Um. What a time. Crazy. Yes. I mean, what a time. Yeah. Just like, there's a stage, go do something. Because, yeah. I mean, that's like, you know, first, like, superstars. Oh. Yes. You know, Very much so. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, the thing um, about the Paramount stars and, and, and the studio, the 13 stars are the, yeah. it's the first studio to sign 13 vaudeville stars. Everybody was a free agent before then. Yeah. And, but they were all from vaudeville. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was like stars before stars, and they're like, and, and they're East Coast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it's like, they're all going to come out here like fucking bananas. Yeah. yeah. LA was a insane, nothing, a fucking one horse town. Yeah. yeah. Total, total cow town. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's why it's only one horse. The other thing that would come out of this is that they were really quite good at spiritualism. The uh, Keatons. No, 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 the Houdinis. Oh, got it. Uh, that's that they met the Keatons it, on that it. circuit of uh, yes. the California Concert Company. Um, you know, Houdini was smart and observant and crafty and witty, and Bess was also like just like could act mm. and was trustworthy and could fucking sell it. Damn, you know, um, it's fucking scoundrels. He he was like super hyper vigilant. Um, you know, he would go to um. If they if they were going into a town, he would like go to the cemetery. Smart and just that's, like start yeah, like memorizing dates and names. He would um, at one point they pretended to be um, Bible salesmen, 
And so they would they would say like, oh, we got this musical Bible or whatever. And mm-hmm. so they would go to people's houses on their Bibles and like what better way to sell people a new Bible is by looking at their existing Bible. And so people would back in the day would like write in their Bible. Oh, yeah. And so he'd get all the dirt on people by looking in their Bibles. That's And brilliant. then when he would go do these seances and stuff, he'd have all the fucking shit memorized that he could, you know piece together or, you know, kind of, you know, um, weasel his way into making people believe he was talking to the dead. Wow. Yeah. You imagine for most people, like the, they got the Bible, a lot of Bibles for free or something. And that was like Gideon's. one of the few things they could write in. Oh it's yeah. Like they had piles of books. Sure. Around, you know? Sure. Um, one day, uh, he, he was doing, he was in town doing the shtick and he, he saw some boy riding around town on a bicycle and, and then at, later at that show, a woman, you know, asked for some proof of his power. And he said, oh, your son's going to have a, a horrible accident. And then some kid <laughs> broke his arm off falling on a bicycle. Oh, my God. And he was like, oh, fuck, this is getting kind of real. Yeah. And. Yeah, you don't want to say like, yeah, there's a terrible thing that's going to happen. Someone's husband dies. And they're like, you did this. Right. He like real, despite, he had no problem lying. Yeah. So long as it was in service of his own mythology and not. You know, preying on the good intentions of gullible people. Yeah. I would say he was doing exactly that. <laughs> well, that's why he stopped doing spiritualism. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Like he was like, I'll lie about myself. Me. Yeah. 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 yeah, I, yeah. I, totally. I totally. don't agree. I don't want to lie and tell you that like I can talk to your dead mom. Or that's me. nice. That's yeah. nice. That's nice. Yeah. So, He's a good boy. And, he, and then they were making pretty good money at this point. At a time when you know the magic act was not, yeah, and even then, they um, he he they still kind of they shuttered the the spiritualism act altogether because he just couldn't live with himself for it, and he wanted to kind of make it on his own accord without. Good lying. for you, Eric. That is very Harry. Good for very you, Harry. <laughs> so, Harry. Yeri. It's 1898. Yeri. Yeri. 1898. <laughs> it's new a, metal's bumping. No, no. <laughs> it's called Steel. Um, Acid jazz. He was 24, and he's kind of running in circles. You know, doesn't want to do the spiritualism thing. The trunk act is not doing so hot. And he's worried he's following in his father's footsteps. Like, am I going to be this guy who I know is intelligent and... Loved his family, but like couldn't event couldn't provide. Yeah, can't get right. And so they move in with his mom. Um, his, his mom, yeah, Cecilia. Um, his brother-in-law gets him a job at Yale Lock Factory, which but, is nice. Yeah, is that near the school? Uh, no, it's this is it's in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, I, mean, I think I think his they mom didn't, they didn't have a lot of words. Back it's, then. it's like he, like it's. <laughs> I think his mom was living in Harlem, New York class. I think they were living in Harlem. Uh, things were really bad. Like he was writing to famous magicians, begging to be an assistant. He offered to sell his act. Um, Oof. Uh, he published Magic Made Easy. Uh, <laughs> I can read you the <laughs> from that. Um, he uh, he tried to open a school of magic. Um, uh, he promised to teach all branches of spiritualism, slate writing, and sleight of hand. Uh, like I said, he, um, he included the pamphlet Magic Made Easy. 
Um, it's all like stock magic trick bullshit. Hide shit. Yeah. yeah. Get him an assistant with big cans. Uh, the biggest cans. <laughs> you get the people to say he's the best magician of all time. They'll never look at your the, hands. The cans are so severe. They will look at your hands when they're looking at the cans. <sighs> For 50 cents, he promised to teach anyone how to make a word appear on his or her arm as if written in blood. For a dollar, he would show a customer how to hypnotize animals. This is very easy to do, he would say. Cool. Uh, um, Just hit it with a hammer. He, yeah. uh, he, then he would, he would also give some, here's some friendly advice. Uh-huh. Nice. First, practice. Second, practice. Pract- yeah. And practice before a mirror. Never repeat your tricks to the same audience the same evening. Don't tell them what you're going to do as the effect of tricks become greater when they are unexpected. Don't expose your tricks as they lose their value and too common. And borrow all the coin you can and forget to return it. Mm. That's one way of making money, but there are others. <laughs> That's very good. <laughs> so while you're on stage, oh, does anybody have a silver uh, dollar? Yeah. Yeah. Forget to give it back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See that? Well, it disappeared. Yeah. Look, I'm it's gone. Sorry, I'm I promise magician. you it would disappear. I'm not a banker. <laughs> um, <laughs> you look like fucking Greenspan. <laughs> he offered secrets. Uh, he offered pretty much his whole act. I mean, it wasn't great, but he did have a couple of good ones. He had um, the Hindu needle trick, where you swallow 40 to 50 sewing needles oh and then a bunch of thread, so and then you bring them all up threaded. Uh, ah! I love that. That's amazing. Uh, Penn and Teller still do this trick. Damn. Yeah. Um, he offered it for five bucks. He offered yeah, his entire a, that hand. That tiny sum back then. Oh, it was nice. Yeah. Um, Better than kicking the balls. Yeah, you, it depends how much. Um, he offered up metamorphosis. Who's, who's balls? <laughs> um, and nobody bought it. So he he's in like he's he's in the he's in his uh, low of the low. He's uh, yeah. Um, this is where the great this is where the great get going. Yeah, the, the, this is exactly. The, he were reaching rock bottom here. Yeah. He's ve- it's very fortuitous that nobody bought his act. Yeah. It's so it's so funny because like I was saying to you guys, I was like, I got this new profile I'm doing, or I was inspired to do. John Aaron's doing a profile. Let's go. But it, it's the same fucking it's a plug for John's. Th- no, it's the same thing. Where it's it's you go back to the mom's house. Yeah. Yeah. And you've gone on this great journey of exploration, and you've seen all this stuff, and you've kind of come up with nothing. And, and then that's you, and then, right before it and pops. And it's right before it pops. Yeah. And, and it's like something about- It's, a t- it's that final test. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's I mean, in, the, that, in this Campbell's case, it's uh, the reckoning with the, the journey, yeah. Uh, the father. Right. Uh, but it's always with the mom. Yeah, well- <laughs> The mom yeah, is the one she, that still has the house. Right, the dad's <laughs> dead. Yeah. But the, it's an internal reckoning with the father. It is. Right? Yeah, it's yeah. going it into the tree, and you see Vader's mask over your face. And you're going like, and you're going like, cause it's, yeah, it's a thing where it's going like, you're like, all right, well, who am I really? Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and figuring yourself out. Yeah. It's so fascinating. Yeah, it, I mean, there's a reason that it's in mythology is because it, it seems to be this pattern that we all have especially I mean, right yeah so, but then, men. You know, how do you make diamonds yeah like when jesus got back from pakistan after all that kinky shit he did. yeah yeah he was like that's why they skiffed it yeah they couldn't talk oh, about yeah, that he was shit. learning the karma sutra yeah like yeah. that the karma sutra i did how do you think he has so many followers oh because they're talking <laughs> because they were doing the human centipede yeah. <laughs> i didn't know where else to go <laughs> literally so um it's 1899, and things aren't going great, but he has a couple of um, uh, lingering contracts that he has to fulfill that for a couple of shows in, um, in, in Chicago. Okay. And so 
we don't we don't know the first time he escaped cuffs on stage, but we do know that it was 1895 when he started challenging audience members to bring their own handcuffs and lock them up. Oh, that's damn! Good. But nobody's got their own handcuffs. It's a gimmick. Well, anybody who does, you go sex fiend. Uh, but people, <laughs> the gimmick was great because yeah, because you know maybe there was a cop in the end, or or maybe there maybe there's a plant, right? Uh, wish there would be later. Yeah, who but, the fuck has handcuffs? John, it's, it, it's a different time. There, there's probably like one brand. <laughs> yeah, so, it's, not, it's not as if like you're like I'm gonna bring my my handcuffs from fucking you know uh you know Bulgaria. Yeah, these are Houdini brand Acme hemp brand. Yeah. So it's 1899, and um, he goes to um, it's he goes to um, uh, uh he goes well he goes to a police station in Gloucester, Massachusetts. Mm. Challenges the cops to, cops to lock him up in cuffs. They did. He escaped, and it got a mention in the paper. A few days later, he would go to the police station in Woonsocket, Rhode Island. Oh, yeah. Same thing. Got out in 18 seconds. Wow. Full right up in the paper. So he he's doing a DIY. Uh, yeah, yeah, press press promo. Yeah, yeah. press Exactly. He would measure his success in ink. Uh, That's he, a very good phrase. He did it again in Worcester, Mass., and the newspaper the next day would say, he unlocks them all with as much ease if, as if they were strings around his wrists. Yeah, he completely ruined the history of the town. Then, the he went, then he went to Holyoke, where the paper oh, wrote, boy. it makes no difference with Mr. Houdini what kind of handcuffs are produced. He unlocks them all with as much ease as if they were strings around his wrists. You broke the whole town. They were the same. He was writing them all. God. He and sent them into the paper. Yes. That's brilliant. That's so good. He wrote all of his stories that were printed in the early days. Because this thing too is that like people forget this thing. It's like they need shit. Yeah. They need shit. No, I mean Ben Franklin did that all the time. Yeah. He had a pseudonym he had mm-hmm. a thousand pseudonyms just yeah. to fill ink, just to just to fill, fill pages, and yeah. also if he did something to brag about that. Yeah, Three another else. editorial by Fen Franklin. <laughs> <laughs> Fanny Franklin says. <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute, Hal <laughs> Halizini, Bren Franklin, <laughs> Harry Houdini. Wait, I can't switch the letters. <laughs> um. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I want to just correct what I said. That was all from like going on in like 1895. Okay. So this is kind of the history of his challenging police to so, lock him so up. So 99 to 95, we don't really know. Or, or 99 to, no, 90, oh sorry, 95. 95 to 99, that's all part of it. Yeah. Uh, he once told a reporter that I've written for more newspapers than anyone. <laughs> so That's so fucking funny. That's really good. So it's... He had, he, that, but that wasn't the. That was never. That was just press for the stage act, which was mainly the metamorphosis and other and some other bullshit. Stuff. Yeah, you know, sleight of hand and some other like you know pulling fucking threads out of wands or whatever. Yeah. You know. So going back to eighteen ninety nine, he's he's trying to sell his act. He's you know he's the fucking wild man in Mexico. Pieces mm-hmm. of T bone are hitting him in the orbital, yeah, yeah. and so he um. He has to fulfill like a, a last contract in Chicago, so he goes to Chicago, and uh, he goes to the uh, police station in Chicago. Hmm. For all time's sake, yeah. And uh, the Chicago Journal writes, uh, "Harry Houdini, Harry Houdini, the strolling magician, surprised <laughs> the detectives." 
at police headquarters last night by his ability to remove handcuffs, leg irons, and other articles of police jewelry without unlocking them. For an hour or more, policemen tried to bind him with handcuffs, ropes, and cords, but each time he went behind the curtain of a cabinet he had constructed in the squad room and appeared in a few seconds carrying them in his hand. Houdini laughed at the amazement he caused, but refused to tell the policeman how he accomplished. Yes. Uh. Feats. Today they would have just shot him. <laughs> Ara, Jesus Christ, he must be a Jew. <laughs> Damn sneaky Jews be getting out of order. <laughs> I made the struggle. And I bet you I'm fucking right. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. This fucking. <laughs> hey, fucking, I tell you what, they're fucking. This fucking guy, this Jew from New York came by. He fucking this made fucking us look guy. like fucking assholes. <laughs> he, said my, he, down. he said my fucking dead father's pretty pissed at me, too. <laughs> Metamorphosized into a corpse. <laughs> so after struggling for six years this is kind of his big break mm-hmm. um, and he, so he continues doing he goes around just challenging police departments in, all, in cities everywhere to lock them up <laughs> and he fucking keeps getting out <laughs> um, is that all you got lieutenant so he would he would <laughs> have sucker. you know he could do stuff like relax the muscles in his throat where he could swallow like a little egg capsule with a lockpick kit dude that's a full that, um, he sometimes he so would, freaky yeah sometimes he would like hide um, uh, a key in his little jufro Nice. Thick, bushy hair. You could hide it in there. Mm-hmm. Stuff like um, a little adhesive on the key. Like he would go into and he'd slap the back of a, a police officer and the key would be on the cop's back. Oh, and that's so when really he turned good. Around, he could use that to get out. Uh, oh, that's good. Uh, a false heel in one of his shoes. Yeah. Um, sometimes he would perform with um, somebody to be like, oh, I need... More locks. These aren't these aren't enough locks, yeah, yeah, and yeah. so like he'd have more like padlocks, and just make it look like he was like bound by like ten locks. Yeah. Some of those locks were just toolkits. <laughs> like a big oh, like they're full of, of, of full of locks picking shit. Of course. Plus, he I was w- thinking about this when you started this thing because I was thinking about the padlock, the setup of it, mm-hmm. and I was just going like, if just one of those side plates is fragile, yeah, yeah. you have the opening to the entire mechanism, yeah. to play with as you please, yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. And he really and he did know his shit. Yeah, yeah, he works at two locksmith companies. Um, and, and a lock making company, right? Oh. Uh, he worked at he worked he was he apprenticed for a locksman, and then he worked for a lock company. Yeah. Oh, see, yeah, it's the best of both worlds. There you go. Um, <laughs> you close them all over. <laughs> so he goes to St. Paul, Minnesota, and this guy Martin Beck reads um, that he's coming to town. Martin Beck, kind of a mysterious guy himself, but. He's, he's uh, a theater owner. He owns many theaters in in in, in Minnesota. And um, can we do a quick break? Sure. Okay. Is that yeah. cool? Yeah. The Martin Beck. Where are we right Martin now? Martin Beck, baby. Martin we're- Beck, St. Paul, Minnesota. All right. We'll be right back, folks. Be right back. <laughs> then we're back. And we're back. And gotta get back in time. Deborah. Okay, so Martin Beck. Yeah, so this guy Martin Beck. Now he's 
St. Louis, Missouri. St. Paul, Minnesota. St. Paul, Missouri. He sounds so just like Garrison Keillor. Beck was an interesting character. Uh, he would not tell anybody where he was from or when he was born. Germany. At different times. <laughs> Everybody here can suck my dick. <laughs> I'm in the Midwest. There's no Germans here. Uh, said to have come from Austria, Germany, or Slovakia. Um but he did. He came to America to be an actor. That we that much we know. Uh, and he failed. Nice. Uh, found himself working as a waiter. Shocker. Huh. Uh, in a, a beer path, garden that in Chicago. That pathway's always yeah. been <laughs> He kind of went backwards. Yeah. <laughs> uh, be a waiter. That mean. Uh, and then he, he went to San Francisco with a vaudeville company. Uh, there he met a guy named uh, Meyerfield. Um, who uh, through some business deal one one way or another they. Um, came to own uh, the Orpheum. Wow. Wow. That's a hell of a come down. Uh, and Beck and Meyerfield were like, let's keep this fucking train going. So they created the Orpheum Circuit, which was the biggest vaudeville circuit in the western part of the United States. Nice. Uh, in short order, Beck would become the most prominent man in the whole industry building the Palace Theater in New York, which was vaudeville's ultimate show place. I think I remember, yeah, the, I mean, those circuits would be like, you go like St. Louis, you just do this tour of the cities. Yeah, you right? do the Indiana Jones map with the Yeah, yeah, there. but it's just a big circle. Yeah. Yeah. It's a circuit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wonder what places, like, they kind of favored. Like, you would, like, Kansas City would be on it. Of course, yeah. But even right. there would even be, like, the one big town in the small state. Yeah. Or the one big city in the small state. And, you know, yeah. it, it kind of starts, starts yeah, it was right. so, yeah, with some of those, um, um, uh, Anywhere there's a fucking train. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, the, that's the biggest one. The trains and, 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 it, and, and the it, rivers. And it yeah. would be uh, like you know um, those Buffalo Bill recreations of of, yes. of like Western history. All those towns. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So he um, it was a man of many talents, his Beck character, but uh, m- people would say that his main talent was spotting other talent. Mm. It is uh, he brought Charlie Chaplin to the American stage. Mm. He hired Will Rogers and the Marx Brothers and introduced Fanny Bryce and Sophie Tucker. It really is just a talent in its own right, though. Yeah. It's one I, I do really marvel at. Yeah. When you can just be like, this guy's got something. Yeah. Yeah. It's There's 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 really something. Uh, Beck. Huh? Something about it. Mm, Beck's. So... Um, you know... Beck sees, <laughs> Beck sees Houdini's stuff. Re- reads the thing about the newspaper, you know, uh, about escaping from um, police stations all over the place, right? And so he invites Houdini and Bess to a dinner uh, where he tells <laughs> Houdini... Um, I think you're a rotten showman. Uh, and what's... <laughs> why don't you cut out all that little magical stuff? It only distracts the audience and just give them a couple big thrillers like the handcuffs and the trunk trick. There are plenty of good magicians doing stock stuff and doing it well. Mm. You've got two big stunts of which nobody can touch you. Those are the big things to cash in on. That is yeah. such a good observation. It's a very good Because it's a thing where it's going like this. It's like, all right, you can do this stuff... And you're doing it with meandering um, uh, comedy, mm-hmm. which comes with with being a, a mid level magician, mm-hmm. and then these, yeah. these meandering things, and uh, you're giving people time to yawn. 
yeah. basically. Yeah. And it's just like, what if you just see a guy and you don't hear a fucking word out of his mouth? Yeah. And then he goes backwards into his tanks with fucking padlocks all over his yeah, chest. Yeah, you can't hear a word because he's in the water. And you go like, and you go like, that's all I fucking need. Yeah. And uh, and 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 um, increase the mystery. Yes. Increase it. And like, Fuck, like nobody gives a shit. He also not a good magician. Right. Like. That's the greatest trick Houdini ever pulled. Yeah, yeah. Was later generations thinking he was a great magician. So what would you say he was? An escape artist. He was the first yeah. escape artist. Yeah. Yes. We, we, I mean he I mean he turned escape into magic. Yeah, he so um there are, you know, it is. Any, I mean anybody in it, it is when it's done like this. When like he anyway. So, yeah. so there's a very famous uh magician um named Di Vernon. Yes, uh, the greatest sleight of hand, the greatest close-up magic magician yes. ever. Yes, the man who who spent an entire summer finding uh, one gambler who knew how to deal from the middle of the deck, yeah. and searched all over the United States for him and found him, and then learned his trick. And yeah, Di Vernon is uh, what era? This, now uh, he was uh, he died I think in the nineties, yeah. um, but he uh, was the greatest. Uh, close-up magician for like 70 years. Good yeah. Now the and greatest is this Spanish guy. Um, oh, God, what's his name? He's an, he's an old guy, too. Uh, fuck. We'll get to it. Yeah, no, Diver is a profile worthy. I, I, I've, I've, he's, I've read a thing about him. Anyway. Um, he said uh, he couldn't even shuffle a pack without bending and breaking them about Houdini. Mm-hmm. He couldn't do card magic any better than you could. <laughs> he was not the king of anything when it came to card when it came to cards. Uh and that Di Vernon's judgment of Houdini is echoed by every other yeah. card magician, prestidigitator if you will. Mm. Uh magic historian Mike Cavani says Houdini was a butcher. David Copperfield says he was certainly not a great card magician. PR guy. W- would he have ever seen him? Uh, no, but he owns basically everything Houdini ever touched. Yeah, yeah. Copperfield has like the largest Houdini, magic museum yeah, in the world. Yeah. Aha. Uh-huh. It's in Vegas, of course. Okay. Well, that'll come up later because you know I have <laughs> questions about that. About what? Museums. About what? What? Uh, what Houdini left behind? Oh yes. And to whom? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll get to that in part two. <laughs> we will uh, get to that in part two. So, did you remember that I said this? Yes. Cliffhanger, folks. Tamaris is the Spanish uh, card magician who is probably. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Uh, Tommy okay. Rice, good guy. <laughs> I know. His name is Juan Tamariz. Yeah. He wears a purple top hat. Looks kind of like a gargoyle. Oh, nice. Cool. Not. Not, not a good look. Yeah, it looks on everything. But uh, but he is but he is the best. <laughs> so yeah, because the Irish have so many good looks for my people. <laughs> That's all they eye gouge. Mm, yeah, we got big fucking green hats. <laughs> you guys got a big purple hat? Oh yeah, God forbid, some pimping Spaniard. Yeah, man, some pimping close up magic Spaniard. <laughs> Much calling as that ass. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Where were you? No, it, it, it. But it's the thing too where you go like, so is there a thing where? Did you get any idea that Houdini just kept doing it because he liked it? Or it was just what's expected because you're a showman? And he wanted to kind of follow in the footsteps of Robert Houdin. Yeah. And, you know, you kind of... You're not that guy. You're just not that kind of show. Yeah. Was it it you or or it might have been Richard Park was was telling me about, like, he's like, uh, Conan O'Brien was in, he's like... He's like, all I wanted to do was be David Letterman. Yeah. And he goes, and then, and then you start, and he goes, yeah. like, you're, you're not going to be David Letterman. Yeah. You're going to yeah. be Conan O'Brien. Yeah. 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 And, and you have to, and, you have and, to be. And you got to be. Yeah. yeah. 
Exactly. It, t- it took him a while to figure out who and what he was. And it went and took this guy back to, to drive it home. Yeah, give him a free dinner and told him to stop doing stupid shit. Yeah. Um, Imagine how cutting it is, though, to like... Find out, but then it's so it's so. But it's it's this great backhanded compliment, yeah. that like just yeah. cut away all the fat. Like you've got, you're a shit magician, mm-hmm. and you're a shit showman, but you are untouchable at these two things, like the likes of which nobody's ever seen. I'm, you're creating a whole new genre of yeah. show, right? It's the Gordon Ramsay thing of pare down the menu. Yes, these yeah, are the yeah. things you're good at. Yeah. Why are you selling this other shit? And and and, and uh, you know it's it's basically in in essence it's uh um it's kind of the the battle of uh uh of between the two magicians in uh, um the prestige in the prestige because mm. they're, they're but this is it, can you say can you can you take that line from that guy from Beck and go yeah, he's right this is what I should do. Right. It, and, and 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 in your you know quote compromise yourself right. but you're not what do you no. what do you really yeah, want to do? You've with been this? bouncing around trying everything else. Yeah. And it just takes one, you know, expert to tell you, like, dude, stop with this other shit. Yes. This, are this, you, this is the show stop. Are you pure hokey magician or are you going to do the great tricks? Right. So, you know, it, it he really didn't know what to make of all this. There, there was this kind of internal turmoil. Uh and then Beck wires him a couple of days later, says, You can open Omaha, March twenty sixth, sixty dollars. We'll see act. Probably make you a proposition for all next season. Within months, Beck has Houdini is the most in demand vaudeville Man. act across the country. This guy Beck, yeah, Jesus he knew Christ. he knew his shit. Um, so <laughs> then more, more writing from Matt. <laughs> um, then um, you know Houdini's getting famous as this escape artist. Um, and so with, with that fame, you attract haters, right? Other, other professional magicians who... Naysayers of exactly. Rebellion. Exactly. They're oh, sipping the hater rate of the day. Yeah, yeah. Um, Young Jew D, you know, he's fake. You see this guy, that, oh, he's not a magician. What is he doing here? Not right. even fucking right. Italian. Right. You know, like There's comedians no cards say, this guy's in this a, tank. He's bringing a guitar on yeah. stage. Like, comedians he's got a tank full you know. of water? Come on. So... Yeah, he's not doing that yet. He's not doing the water. He's just doing fucking getting out of shit. Yeah, the guy, the guys who would never get that billing ever, they're the ones complaining that they didn't get that billing. Why is he getting? Because he he can do it. (laughs) Also, just at that time, um, you know, I I, I was saying this to uh, Aaron the other day about um, the new uh, the new cinema thing in the in the early nineteen hundreds. And you would have B B picture comes from actually the second picture after the main picture. Yeah, I didn't know that. Like B movies, you mean? Yeah, B yeah. movies. And then in between, though, you, you, it was like the cartoon before. And then in between, right. you would have uh, serials. One of which I just found out that's the first Batman you have on screen. Oh wow! Okay. It's like nineteen forty one, like 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 when the comic started. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like um, felt. Oh, it's a terrible. Yeah, of course. Versus the wizard is is the like a, yeah. a Batman villain that never existed. Yeah, and there's a guy in there playing the piano too. But because it's new art, it's like it's like freeform. So in this way, like we kind of we fell into like format with movies. Yes, whereas absolutely. It, whereas it used to be just like I don't know, sit man. here and just sit in the air conditioning. Yeah, keep them here. Yes, and I think with the traveling, uh, you know, shit with. Uh, Circus and 
everything else, like we were saying, like with uh, uh, the Buffalo Bill, like, you know, Western, like, it was just like, all right, well, just people are people are going to come out no matter what. There's nothing else going on. Right. So showing them something brand new. Yes. And they're like, okay, well, I've seen magic. Right. And then so then all you're doing is stacking up this guy against the next. Right. Well, I mean, it's, it's been a constant issue, ebb and flow in the in the whole history of the people with the money, they want a sure thing. And so they the new ideas are not a sure thing. Right. I mean, look, I mean, look right now, if you have an idea for a reboot, they're going to take that over an original idea just because sure. they know a reboot is a sure thing. Yeah. And so it's always been this constant fight between those ideas. Right. Yeah. But there's the thing where you go like, the people that look at money go like, how much does it cost? And you go like, you know, locks. We own the rights. Locks, right. locks and water are pretty cheap. Right. Well, I mean, the, the, the card tricks. <laughs> the, co- the, the cops bring the locks. Oh, yeah. the, the card tricks are the sure thing. The escape is going, is if it it could. It, it would it will change magic forever, mm-hmm. but it hasn't done it yet, mm-hmm. so it's not a sure thing. Yeah, it's yeah. Fri- it frightens, it frightens, confuses people. Yeah, and the way, the reason why I do still think it is really magic is like oh, it's I, magic, yeah. I think about you know, th- like I mean those those I mean those cops must have been so pissed too, like because there's a part where you're announcing to if you're in Albany. Hey, you know, man, if you try hard enough, like, we can't keep you in jail. <laughs> I don't care how big of a scumbag you are. Like, if practice, yeah. you can get out. Yeah. Yeah. He would write a book called The Right Way to Do Wrong. Mm. And it was a, a book all about how to do crime. Good God. That's yeah. amazing. On, on, the ne- on the next one, maybe I'll have some of the excerpts. Stay tuned, That's, awesome. That's, um, That's incredible. Yes. Like, the British government asked him to stop publishing it, so he did. Jeez, God. it was just like fuck. This is good. <laughs> so um, he got into a feud with this guy uh, at, on, during his rise. You know, mm-hmm. he didn't have top billing right away, but it was a very short order where, where he was starting to take over top billing from mm-hmm. not really necessarily other magicians, but other acts in 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 vaudeville. Sure. But with that notoriety, you start to get the eye of, of competitors mm-hmm. um, that think he's you know. He's, it's it's not graceful, right? Mm. It's it's brutish. It's bullshit. It's it's very base. Well, then also you talk some shit to the promoters. Oh yeah, and, it, and, you, go, and you like sh- shit talker. But oh, but also your competitors what? Yes, you don't want to book Houdini, right? X, Y, and Z. He can't do this. You don't you yeah. don't want to book uh, Houdini saying you don't want to book uh, the great you know fucking schmo schmo uh, X, Y, and Z like. Right. So he would um he would he he started getting top billing in in eighteen ninety nine and. Um, he got into a public uh, fight, not a fist fight, but with quote unquote ed- enigmatic bearded weirdo, <laughs> Professor Alfred Benzen. <laughs> I don't have a picture, but maybe we'll find Probably him. Probably not, not a professor. Uh, not a professor. He would call himself the King of Cards, and that would and still, even though Houdini had pretty much given up cards, it still infuriated Houdini that he would clip the advertisement out, put it in his scrapbook, and write not. <laughs> Right in front of King of Cards. Uh, by well, all accounts, Benzin was a great uh, card manipulator. He could take a thoroughly shuffled deck and with his eyes closed, mix the cards and deal each person at the table a predetermined poker hand. Wow. Um, Di Vernon said that he was one of the greats and that he had a $250,000 insurance policy on his hands. Wow. And this is at the turn of the century. That's how you know you're great when the insurance company says you are. Jesus Christ. Um uh, Benson started the fight by writing a, a long story in the San Francisco Examiner titled Houdini's Tricks Exposed. Uh, he did not yeah, reveal that's... anything. Uh, he did say that he's got a key 
he was trying to humiliate the quote unquote professor of trickery. Um, he just, just mocked Houdini. Um, and Houdini was like, uh, uh-uh. uh, mm-hmm. and so the guy saying that like, he's got keys and, um, you know, he's a fake. And so mm-hmm. Houdini replies in the next paper, next day's paper, <laughs> and says, this man bends and makes himself ridiculous. He pretends to describe the handcuff trick, but instead gives an imaginary narration of an alleged performance and proceeds to explain how simple it all is. I do nothing of the sort. He has exposed nothing. I will wager him any amount of money from $1,000 upward that I do all this <laughs> I have described and he cannot do any part of it or explain it. He's a puzzle salesman and copied his alleged expose from an old book of magic. The book sells for 10 cents and his suckers are born every minute it's still in print damn puzzle salesman is a good dig at a magician yeah that's nice it's fucking nice dude he like his revenge stories are epic and this Uh, is just so that's that's the thing too is that like it's 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 like you know very much uh fellas (laughs) in opposition to kind of our uh you know our own time there is this thing where, like, the final word kind of gets heard in the court of debate, mm-hmm. and that's why you have the spiritualists, mm-hmm. and you have the debunkers, yeah, and you have the people that'll be like, "I'm the guy that on that calls out how that shit is not real," mm-hmm. and that guy, even though he's a charlatan, right, he's a charlatan for hire, right, so he can call out other charlatans, right, right, and so it, it's this like, there's this thing going on. We're like, you know, like Houdini at the time, like you were saying, with the, with the papers. The papers. He, he writes all this copy. Yeah. And then the guy in the street is going like, you know, all right, well, that, that, that's fine for a while. But, like, eventually the guy in the street wants to know, like, no, what do you, the Philadelphia Examiner, right. say about this act? Right. I'm not going to listen to... Cause you know it was well. It, it's the paper it, record wherever they live. You but, know? but but also like it's like like it's just the same as the internet now. Like ads and news were like interchangeable. Yeah, and even the ads try to look like news articles. Yeah. Oh yeah. So you oh, know, just, eventually people were going like, listen, all I hear is bullshit all day, every day. Let me see, see this. So guy let here. me like, let me let me see what's fucking real. Yeah. So So you had this kind of like court of public record being like. I'm getting scammed all the time. You know, this goes back to like the sea monkeys thing. Yeah, yeah. And, and just being like, okay, what the fuck is going on? What the fuck is real? Right. So and, and the public has that sort of attitude. David Copperfield says as much about this. He goes like, nobody ever aspired to pull a fucking dove out of a handkerchief. Yeah. Houdini is doing what people wanted to do, which was escape. Yeah. Yes. From yes. the drudgery of everyday life and yeah. the oppression of existence. Yeah. Yes. Nobody gives a shit about yeah. a wand with oh, flowers you, coming out. Like, yes. He was doing real, he was being a hero. Yes. Um, oh, oh, because the, the sale is the ideas you get after you see the act. Exactly. The inspiration you get after you see the act. Right. Yes. Where you're going like nothing is written. Right. Right. Well, I mean that's the the great like the great the great like miss of the argument that guy's using against Houdini. First off, he's like he's a phony. Look, you guys are both magicians. For you to call him a phony is is quite rich. But the second thing is that he's missing is that the thing Houdini is doing is way more real to people than what he is doing with cards. Because mm-hmm. people are, because he has, he's doing card tricks. Yes. Yeah. That's not as real to people as someone escaping from a, from certain death in water. You know, or I, even you know, if he's not doing that you yet. You want to yeah. know what the best part is? 
Professor Benson was, was, was certainly a plant. <laughs> yes, of course. Because Houdini's going, you have to come oh, to my show to oh, find out. Like, 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 just like, like controversy. Uh, of course. Yes. It, so it could have even been Houdini himself. Uh, no, it wasn't. Oh, it was a real person. It was a real person. So okay. brilliant. That is so but fucking brilliant. Maybe Houdini goes, it's hey, you, you want to do, do like, if it's, we rest, start, it's a wrestling it, feud. It's, it is a wrestling feud. Yes. A feud. Get in the newspapers. We'll talk yeah. shit to each other. Both our acts will share. Right. And then Booker T is re- he's just about to is say it. And you're like, no, 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 don't say it, Booker. No. So, <laughs> so Ben, so the Benson guy says that Houdini has a key in his mouth or, or you know, he's got, he's, he's got, so he's, you know what? I'll do my shit naked. Mm-hmm. Oh. So these big balls, Benson. <laughs> so you can fit a bunch of keys in there. A few days after the Benson feud in the newspaper, he starts doing his escapes naked. He goes to the San Francisco police station, stands in front of, uh, he's stripped in front of a dozen detectives. They thoroughly examine him. Oh, I love They it. tape they his mouth it. shut. Oh. They put five handcuffs on his wrist, oh, so five on his ankles, oh. and one pair of cuffs connecting the two bunches from wrist to ankle. Nothing on his balls? Okay. Yeah. I mean, there might be a cock ring. Yeah, yeah, okay. Prince Albert. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, they carry him naked into a room and leave oh, nice. him on the floor. Mm. Five minutes later, Come. he's out, still naked, mouth still taped, and Hard. the handcuffs are connected in a daisy chain. <laughs> See, that's artistry right yes. there. That's a little touch. So, I mean, but are they in on it? No. no. The cops are not in on it? No. Cops are only in on their own s- schemes, John. At this point, no. Well, that makes a lot of sense too. It, it, it would make the cops look bad, yeah. right? But there, as we get into later stuff, there may be some collusion with certain members of the of the police. Mm. Well, that's the thing too, though. Is that like what, what I'm saying? Tank. Is you know um, the ill will that would come from law enforcement yeah. it, would make you want to capitulate. To some degree, where you'd be like, "All right, yeah, you know, some of the takings are going to be like for you guys," because I'm, I'm, I'm making a fool of you. Well, and, and maybe, we, maybe, but they, they could be like, they're like, they enjoy the attention. No, know? but we've talked about how, so many times in this program how the cops hate being made fools of, like, right? But, but it, yeah, they hate the Batman. But it, Houdini breaking out of that is 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 such a it's an act that the cops are basically stagehands. So they get to be in on the act, but it takes away their authority. Yeah, it's a ver- it's a verse. It, it, it is. I I I wouldn't completely agree with that, but I know I I know what you mean. Yeah, no people. I mean, they don't want people to escape. Like there's there's supposed to be the law. Yeah, but Houdini escaped, not Joe but, Schmo. But the act, but like we're saying, wasn't always I know, Houdini. I I know, I the know, I like- know what you're saying. I'm that's just this is just my counter. <laughs> So well, isn't Matt does he goes he goes I know you're right I know you're right but no I, I mean I I don't think you are but we're not going to get anywhere by by back and forth because I know what you mean it's not that I don't know, it's not that I don't know your argument I know what you mean but so he's doing nude escapes all the time or like semi you know, maybe a little fucking ball bag mm-hmm. uh, the irony was that he was a huge prude like later like when he would do movies and stuff wouldn't want to like kiss the other actresses and hmm. stuff like that um oh, you know he loved his wife yeah uh, well yeah he loved her so much that one time she sat on a guy's lap as a joke and he lost his fucking mind oh yeah oh um, and that's trouble nope. but but had no problem getting naked getting naked for these cuff escapes and stuff like that plus i mean he had a great physique so it was also a draw like you know the posters showing him with this kind of you know Bulging, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of pictures of him when he's, you know, especially later again with the water. But he's wearing the bathing suit and he's ripped. Yes, yeah. There's Uh, something about that too with like uh, uh, what I would call a circus physique. 
Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, so even yeah. like you can yeah. even see like Alex Ross when he's doing like the older yeah. stuff. Yeah. And 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 it's like it, it is that more wiry. Yes. And it has this air of uh, because it's that time survival. Yeah. It's yeah. Earned, oh it's yeah, earned, yeah. It's earned muscle, not yeah. like body built. Yeah. Because yeah, they didn't. And it's like it, it's like I I survive anything. Like I'm. It's not Arnold. Yes. No. no very it, different. No. Very it's different. not Cable. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, fucking, yeah. it's like it's like dude, I am a wiry rat. It's it's it's, it's a it's a Greek statue. It's still very heroic, but I would I would say it's even more raw than a Greek statue. Oh, it, I mean, it is. It's more built than a Greek statue, yeah. but yeah. Um, for these next months, he would be um, in police stations performing naked across the country. Um, the St. Louis Dispatch mm-hmm. said that he uh, performed for the St. Louis police in a costume so brief he had no place to conceal keys or wires. Um, and they published a series of near-naked Houdini sketches. In Buffalo, he wore nothing at all as he worked his way out of a rusty old pair of English cuffs. In Philadelphia, he performed his needles trick while in charming and total dishabille, which totally naked. Yeah. Damn. Uh, only once did any police station stop him from getting naked. Take a guess where. Great question. Plymouth, oh. Massachusetts? New York City, baby. Oh. That don't go. Prude. He starts taking his clothes off in the police station, and the guy goes, that don't go. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh. Where are you going to hide that dick? My mouth? You got to keep your clothes on. So, by the end of 1899, Houdini is making $400 a week, which is almost $6 million a year. Very nice. Huge crowds, newspaper notices in every town, and, uh, and then just like that, he decides to pack it up. No. And goes to London, England to start no. all over again. Wow. Yeah. I bet that's where we're pausing. It could be where we pause, yeah. Oh, it's up to you. Um, uh, you're the profiler in chief. Well, um, I will say this. Say what you're going to say. Uh, as, as we go forward, we will... Uh, we will be uh, he will be performing some of these tricks at one Scotland Yard. No, uh, where he would meet one uh, Mr. Melville. Oh, who would later become the inspiration for M in Ian Fleming's Get James the fuck out. Bond series. Really? Yes, uh, and they would have a bit of a professional relationship. As, as Houdini would tour Europe. No shit. Wow, that's cool. Dude, that's fucking sick. So, we'll leave it there. Very nice. That is... Houdini yeah. International Man of Mystery, baby. Yeah. That's the thing, too, though, where you go, like, um... At that point in your career, and at that point in time, uh, is is that the more lucrative move? To be a spy? Uh, go to London. No. To go to England, yes. Tour England. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. To go to Europe is is the uh, it's a bigger gamble because he, he built this base here in America, but it's still a very young country. It's 120 years old, right? Yes, but America has you know, I mean, these Amer- fucking yokels that believe in spiritualism. But, but also, there's a much larger infrastructure of theaters, the gold rush, and I mean, I'm sorry, but like slavery, like there's a lot of like. Wealth that America accrues that like they have a lot of like 
Yes, but they didn't have the generational wealth, and yes. they didn't have the rich history of yes. stage yes. and performing that Europe oh, had. I, Europe had, you know, has about um, uh, fifteen hundred years on. on yeah, it was, a very, it was a very, very big thing for uh, vaudeville acts and a lot of theater acts. Yes. If you are good, you go to England and you do, you double your receipts. Yeah, and you know the thing is too, and I think it's still kind of true, which is sad, but it's like uh, when you go there, you're taken so seriously. Well, it was also a thing. I mean, the Marx Brothers faced it. That England didn't get their jokes. They had to change their act. You know, so oh. so so. Uh, Interesting. But they had to their their talent guide. It said you have to go to England to prove mm-hmm. that yeah. you are who you say you are. Yeah. yeah, and like you know, it's like you know I tell you about like my dad like going up over there and like him being like a little kid watching like cowboy stuff in yeah. Ireland and like it was like America is. The mystique, yeah, it's, 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 it's here. Yeah. But like, it, you would understand how like people would come over there and and do well because they're just like, oh my god, there's fucking people from like the frontier, yeah. you know, like right, and, right. But at the same time, the mystique is, you know, that's not proof of it. Oh, if you if you go to, to England and you are good, yeah, then then you're proven in the real world. Yeah, the big the leagues. Proven in the big leagues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And without as much. Um, of, uh, I think the, um, well, let's see how much you do tonight, kid. Yeah. You know, and like, they'll just go like, hey, we're going to pay you this much. Great mm. yes. Very good. Mm. You know? Yeah. Lo- it's not so barkery. Yeah. Yeah. There's, you know, there's a, a, an air of sophistication. Yes. You, know, you still have monarchies and, 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 and British, there's amp- empires yeah. there. Yes. So. Yeah. 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 No. So obviously, yeah, that makes sense. Um, but it's a big gamble for him. Yeah. Imagine. Yeah, but I mean, also it's a thing where it's it is like really entering yourself into the annals of history. Like, yeah, you know, that's that is. Uh, and to go to Scotland, I mean, he's going to England, and he's also going home. He's going. So home. that's part of it too, where it's like. Although he would, he never told people that he was not American. He would till he till he died. He yeah, said he yeah. was born in America. But, but him, him him at home with his father barely speaking English. Yeah. That's where most of his time was. Yeah. So there's a part of him that's going to want to go back yep. and be like, okay, yep. well, let's see how this does in, in all the palaces or, yeah. you know, or whatever. Like, I mean, that is really fucking exciting. Yeah. And it's a big part, too, of shoving it up their asses that they chased you out of the fucking continent. Yeah. So that is, like, fucking really exciting. Yeah. It's, it's, pretty, it's pretty badass. He goes to the most famous police station in the world to break out other shit. Scotland Yard. Yeah. Yeah. And they line fucking up for it. Oh. Yeah, and even the cops got naked. Yeah. Bucket's gotten out of the shackles again, I'm afraid. I think he may have a key bucket up his, his brother. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he does, Johnson, I Johnson, do. Johnson, take a look. Grab my magnifying glass. My, <laughs> my drooling cup. Is there anything up mine? <laughs> I hope he doesn't speak paddy. Because <laughs> these, <laughs> these drunk wretches will have a night on the town. We'll beat the hell out of him if he does. Aaron, incredible stuff. Very, it's very uh, even better. Thank you. It All is, right, it is, I mean, like, it, it is, um, you know, uh, with my love of, of prison escapes. In prison. And, uh, and my love of prison, mm-hmm. which I spent many a year. Prison babes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, caged heat. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You know, it's uh, it, it really, it really speaks to me. I, I, I really love it so much. I'm so excited. Yeah, I yeah, can't, I can't wait for part two. Yeah, very excited. Great fucking job, Thank buddy. Thanks, man. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's. Yeah, we've had some Valentine's. We together. have. Happy, we have. 
We've had some Valentine's. Valentine's. Yeah. All right. I'm going to say goodnight. I love you, Mike. Stay tuned for part two. Please. Guys, Harry's Dini, buy some fucking shirts. Try and build a studio. What's wrong with you? Don't you want to have high quality video on audio? Don't you want to wear some kind of fucking weird, you know, sort of rape joke from a famous motion picture on your chest? Come on. <laughs> what do you think? Piss is number two? Yeah, it's not. Are you stupid? That's duty. <laughs> and it's your duty it's your to buy call, this shirt. It's your call of duty. Uh, all right, fellas, uh, we're going to pick it up next time. I'm, I'm, I'm really just so excited about this one. I, I, I really I really love it. Um, I'm going to say goodnight. My name is John Fahey. I'm Aaron Pita. Good night, everybody. We love you. Good night. Podcast Network.